0: G'day folks, it is the coach here. I hope you are all taking names in the name of whatever god you follow. Uh, we follow two, we we follow the same god, it turns out. Um, I am here with age of something, aka Matt. Um, we were both just at a tournament. We just came back from Bathurst GT. Uh, although I don't it's probably I don't know if I'd call it a GT if I'm being honest. It was like 40 odd players, so um, a bit of a humble stretch to be called a GT, but we've just come back from um, this tournament and I thought it'd be a good chance to kind of do a bit of a recap. I used to do recap videos and took a lot of time. It was kind of boring when I'm talking to myself doing a recap. So I thought, let's get a guest on. And I thought, what better way to 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 talk about this bathist um with a, a fellow Stormcastian. But do you want to introduce yourself? Who is Age of Something?
1: Um, I'm Matt. Um, you may have seen my uh, YouTube channel, Age of Something. Uh, Most likely you've seen some artwork of mine or some clips of mine that have been stolen and stuck on Twitter somewhere. That's, well, that that is what it is. Uh, But yeah, I have a very stupid YouTube channel that's mostly just um, bad jokes, which, well, I'm the only one who's doing it apparently for Age of Sigma. so it's a beautiful
0: little niche I've carved myself. It's a. if anyone hasn't seen Age of Something, it's a um a, a little short two-minute animation. You often like introduce a faction, but it's all kind of like you got a very unique art style. It's very one-dimensional, Almost like lawyer, lawyer grid paper. It's very fun. It's a lot of fun. Like you got that hey-wo kind of comedy, um, memey a little bit, but um but it's also you you'll learn a few things. So um a lot of fun so yeah oh you've got a fan in here you got ages something woohoo but um this is yeah we, we're gonna talk uh Bathus. bathys was uh, yes indeed great cartoons i do thoroughly enjoy it um and actually i didn't even know you were coming until i actually saw your twitter i was on twitter i think they just did the list review so um uh crutch hammer the boys at crutch hammer um set up the tournament they um they had done like a little list review. So for the people um, outside of Australia, you might not know that 99.9% of tournaments in Australia ask you to submit your list in advance, about two weeks in advance of the tournament. And um, many, many of us will do tournament, like we'll do like a list review or a discussion. And it's fun seeing people's lists. Um, And that was kind of where I saw there were two Stormcast lists. And then I saw you post something about going to Bathurst Then I put two and two together Mm -hmm. and I realized we're Storm Bros.
1: Mm -hmm. Love
0: Stormcast. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, Maybe maybe I'll let you talk a little bit. Like, why Bathurst? You traveled literally for anyone, by the way. um, Matt is from literally the other side of Australia. So I'm in like the New York of Australia. Uh, Matt's over in like the San Fran, although. The cultures are a little bit different, Perth to um, to said Fran, but like just the travel distance. But what made you come over, and like what were you expecting, and um, like what was your, your your perspective?
1: Yeah, so we I came across with two of my friends, um, two of my clubmates, um, and part of it is just that you know there's been a lot of talk for a while about coming across for a tournament in the Eastern States, um, and yeah, they decided they just wanted to do. Do a tournament and then looked at Bathurst and went, you know what, wouldn't it be nice to go for a for a trip through the, the mountains in New South Wales as well on the way there. Just see something a bit scenic on the way through. Um don't think the guys checked that it was 12 hours to get there before we decided to book it all, but that's all right. It was it was a lovely trip. Um it was lovely travel and I, it was a good really good chance for I think all of us to experience some tournaments outside of WA um, and just kind of see what how WA stacks up uh, Australia wide and um yeah just like get a get a feel for the for warhammer in in new south wales and i I guess the, the eastern states of australia
0: it's always funny because you have your local meta. So like what's happening at the local game store, then you have like a state-based meta, which often isn't always reflective of what happens at the local scene. And then when you start rolling up into the nationals, you realize that you might be the big fish in a small pond, but when you go up against things like I haven't played against, you know, insert faction here, or you come up against, you know, that person who runs all the foxes, you're like, there's no one running foxes in my area. And all of a sudden, like it really blows you out of out of the water. But it's one thing I really enjoy traveling is is actually playing a whole bunch of new pay- players, new lists, um, seeing how we all kind of mix up. Um, there was plenty of times back in the olden days where um, there was a band of us New South Wales people would actually travel up to Queensland, which is another state in, um, in Australia. And there'd be always like little friendly rivalries, like what can we do and kind of prove ourselves? Did you find the same type of thing? You want to kind of represent Perth and re- represent WA and 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 see how you guys go against our our crew.
1: Oh 100%, 100%. Um, you know, it was not something that we wanted to scream about just in case it turns out that Perth's Perth terrible we all went one and four. Um but no, there was definitely a, in the group of us, you know, we are we are the th- we are three of the more competitive and sort of um as one of the guys put in our, in our Perth chat today the fiends of Age of sigma in Perth. Um so yeah, we really wanted to kind of represent and do well. And um thankfully, even even with my performance, we did pretty well. Um two four ones so, that, you know, it was it was kind of nice to show to see that we're not we're not too far behind in Perth. Um, you know, I think our our top players are I think in a in a similar place to to the Eastern States, which is it's a nice thing to know,
0: right? No. No, I dig it. And, hey, you know, two, two foreign ones um, I had the pleasure of playing Alex, one of your clubmates. Um, Sam, Sam, right? Sam was yep, the other Sam. one? Yep, yep Sam yep, came Sam. third for the whole, whole thing, which was very exciting. Mate, spoiler, spoiler. We, we're going to go through our list in our game. We're not going to kind of take you – know, it's not going to be War and Peace. We're not going to go to, like, every detail. It's not going to be, like, a battle report. But we're going to bring up the list. We'll bring up um some photos from our games. We'll highlight, you know, um the top ten at the end and just, like – bit of a fun little recap of the event I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it and I think despite it being 40 players um, and it's quite a small tournament compared to some of the bigger tournaments in Australia um, it's, a, it's a bit on the bigger end for us to be fair well I just found I found it very tight like there were some really good players and they were struggling at three twos four ones even at the two three levels like you know you got some really tough matchups so even though that it was a small field um it was very competitive so um I'll you know I absolutely want to give a massive shout out as well as to to Blake and to Joel who ran the event um absolutely um wonderful event thoroughly enjoyable and we were about 3 hours out of sydney so that's um a, a small country town bathurst is known for car racing they have like the bathurst 5000 or something cars cars cool. <laughs> Well, you know what, let's let's get into it. Let's actually talk about it. So I, as I said before, folks, um, what we're going to do today is we're going to go through the lists. Uh, we'll go through our rounds. Uh, Matt will kick us off, um, and then I'll kind of follow suit with each round. We'll, we'll talk a bit about our games, and then we'll kind of wrap it up. Again, it's not going to be War and Peace, but while I kind of bring up the chat, I'll bring up um, the first list. This was your list. What we, yeah. what were you bringing? Why did you why did you bring it? What were you thinking when you put this list together Talk me through a little bit of this this crazy logic, Matt.
1: So this is kind of a build up of the list I was running all of last season. Um, so last season I had a lot of success here in WA with a Star Drake, two lots of Jekrothian Guard uh, list. Um, had a, I had a basically a couple of month period where I didn't lose a game, which was lovely. Um, so this was kind of based on that, but also, I guess, specifically the Star Drake kind of no good now Purple Sun exists, but also I was very much going hand luggage to get over to Bathurst. So there is absolutely no way that that boy is um, ever getting into hand luggage. So it was a combination of some of the elements I really like within the Stormcast book and also a list that was kind of based around what are the units that are worth a lot of points so that I can keep everything nice and neat in a single box. So not no, not all not all the best for winning tournaments, but um, you know you got to do what you got to do sometimes.
0: When you were building this list, what were you expecting? Was there anything in particular in the meta? Was it more about just a force that you could travel with easily? Um, like wh- what were you expecting? Because I noticed you got the Redemption Brotherhood. I was kind of surprised to see um, that particular battalion coming out of the Stormcast book. I um, I certainly haven't run it, but. Um, you know, I, I really like some of the things that you brought in. Yeah. So it's, I love, I love tech. I love playing with the tech we get in Stormcast.
1: I'm not someone who tends to do a lot of, um, you know, Zinch or, or um, some of these lists where you've got overlapping, overlapping buffs over and over and over again. I like things that just, that singularly op- operate. So something like the Fast riders are like a unit I love because you put them down and they just do their thing and I don't have to worry about anything else interacting with them. And that's kind of where a lot of my list for Stormcasts live in that world, um, where, oh, hi Blake, um, where fulminators don't really need a lot of help to do what they do. I, I've got some help in there for, in this list with the Lord Relictor giving them re-rolling ones and the Night Encantor giving them plus one to Wound. But ultimately, if that doesn't go off, a unit of Fulminators on the charge still will usually get the job done. Um, We'll, we'll talk about that later, but usually get the job done.
0: Yeah. yeah. We're, <laughs> we're talking now, like what did we bring and What were you expecting? Yeah. And then as we go through, we can see the reality, right? Because yeah. the challenge, and I think you see with age of Sigma, unlike 40 K where that you usually have like one or two factions, which blow them, you know, the, they're the leader in the, in the meta. And then it's all about handling or, or winning with that faction. Sigma is always scissor paper rock. It's always scissor paper rock. And, You've got to go in thinking like, how do I handle Mega Gargant? magical supremacy? What happens if someone turn one charges me? What happens if I go up against shooting? What happens if I go up against Nighthaunt? And I'll show you my list um after Matt's. Is Nighthaunt was one of my concerns. And um and I had had some bad times with um with Scarlet Doom in the past. And I'm like, shit, I need some tools for Scarlet Doom. So um, back to you for a second because, you know, you've got some really interesting things like there's no uh, Battle Mage of Gur, right? So you often see that with the Dracothian Guard. Um, the Fast Riders, the Castigators aren't something that people normally take. And the good old boys, the Griffhounds, um, something that I haven't run since first edition when you could run them for 40 points each. But um, I know you, you, you've you been a big fan of them and found a lot of value out of the Griffhounds.
1: Yeah. So I think, I think that's kind of where the, the list comes from is the idea that it can take on a lot of different different forms of army you have fulminators there who do just provide a huge amount of damage there's not a lot of units that can output the way they do but I do have a lot of ranged ability shooting those raptors twice as well you know I can deal with I can usually deal with shooting armies better than they can deal with me because I can drop I can I can keep everything that's important off the board let them shoot aether wings and the fast riders i give i give them up in that game and then i come down and try to take everything else off the board and just and leave my you know leave my formulas leave what's important untouched um but i can still go i can still go to gargants as well um part of it part of the idea behind this as well was just having some of these small units was creating screens when i needed them created battle tactic stealing units when i needed them if they went down in the back back of the board you know steal terrain or have two in the you know in the territory but, you know there's a couple of different battle tactics that's really useful to have something that can just go go in there i don't want to be trying to do that with fulminators essentially um and that even kind of goes into where that the redemption brotherhood is you're like asking about it, is that the redemption brotherhood is there because you've got you can see it on there Griffons, castigators fast riders so it's essentially i can drop three things that i don't really care that much about losing straight away and keep my kind of obfuscate still what i'm doing uh, so it's just it's it's a it's an army that can be reactive, even though it has a thing that it, it has a sort of it has a thing that it wants to do. It wants to go straight through you, but it can be reactive to whoever I'm playing against.
0: By the way, you just reminded me, probably one thing I should call out here, folks, is um one thing that Bathus GT did that I hadn't experienced yet, but I'm actually really glad, and I'd like to see more tournaments do this, is that they focused you only to do battle tactics and grand strategies from the battle plan. So no, no grand strategies, no battle tactics from the books, no white dwarf stuff. It's purely the battle plan. Um, how did you find that? Um, I mean, we don't do any from Stormcast. They're all
1: terrible. Um, so a lot of games were completely normal games to me because if I'm against an opponent who also doesn't have any good ones, it's just a normal game. Um, I didn't run into Daughters of Cain or someone like that where it's going to be, where maybe I would have noticed it more. Um, but yeah, for I guess for me, then what I didn't notice it because we've got nothing to we got we have nothing to lose there. Essentially,
0: it was, it was nice that everyone was on the same playing field as. Um, so Blake, uh, that one of the tournament organizers, shout out to yourself and Joel. There was another comment earlier to say that one of the best things that um, by Joel being the TO, uh, Joel is is one of the one of the best players in Australia. He has uh, been named in Team Australia for the upcoming world's tournament as well so congratulations to to joel but um it was it was um (laughs) it was was really cool to to play and everyone's on the same playing field and i think i'm someone who plays with gits um often at my rtt and it's always a struggle like my gits get no special battle tactics no grand strategies and i notice when i play with my gits I'm often at, i'm often at the bottom I rung where whether I'm three and o two and th- two and one wherever I am on the ladder i'm always towards the bottom because I don't get the freebies and um it can be the difference maker between um certain certain lists in the especially like when you've got daughters and some of the other ones who have easier um, battle tactics to score so um it was nice nice level playing field I found and i would encourage people to do more of them actually um i would I would i would happily play another tournament like this. Mm.
1: yeah it was it was it was cool having that that kind of evener especially I think with Stormcast. I think being a little bit weak on battle tactics in this edition uh we don't really going heavy gvs can be difficult um and we don't uh, for a for a bunch of demigods it's surprising how few heroes we have that we can rely on to kill it a unit when we need them to
0: Yeah, it's actually funny because in my list, uh, is there anything else you want to add to your list? I might actually segue if you don't. Uh, I think that's all pretty good. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because one of the things that I did in the lead up to Bathurst was I was putting my Celestin Prime as my general. I was playing around to see is that an easy battle tactic to score because as you mentioned outside of like Krondos Karazai, um, you know like a, a dragon Draconis Lord, um, there's not many killing yeah, heroes in it. No, no, it, no. It's, it's Krondus, even, Karazai. No...
1: That's it. That's the two that you can oh. rely on, rely on to kill stuff. Everything else is Bastion's four attacks, so it's yeah, pretty like... easy to with four attacks.
0: Yeah. And like with the Prime, with him being off the board for at least two turns, I'm not generating that CP as my general. So I tried it. I'm like, it's not really worth the battle tactic. But this is what I brought. Funnily enough, we both brought Hammers of Sigma. I went for a little bit different. And um, the, the logic and the theory behind my list is I wanted to have three key threats. I wanted to have something that had volume. I wanted something that had Rend, and I want to have something that had Mortal Wounds. So I have my Dragons, for example, which do the Rend. I have my Annihilators um, that do the Mortals, and obviously Prime does Mortal and Rend. Um, And I've got my Judicators with the Crossbow to do the high volume. And one of the cool things that has happened to them is I have two attacks each, and exploding hits, not sixes, just hits, turn into two hits. So you know, a unit of 10 can can do like 30, 40 attacks, um, depending on how the dice gods kind of bless you. But on, on average, they're, they're putting out at least 30 hits. So um, to handle things like horn or Hordes or anything that I just kind of need to take down, the Judicators were that high-volume attack that um, I, I was playing around with the Chariot. I have some really fast movement with my Dragons as well as my Chariots. Um, I went a little bit rough, actually. I've been playing with three-drop lists, so I'd done Bounty Hunters. And before, I was just doing Vanquishers and my Dragons. And I thought my Annihilators have been good, um, but I wanted some... If I happen to face a horde, like zombies or something, I wanted something to have like the extra damage. So I tried to put my Annihilators in, I think... Next tournament, I'm going to take them out of Bounty Hunters. I don't think they need to be. I I, I wanted them in there. I wanted to try it. Well, look, to be honest with you, I haven't seen a lot of people playing. Like most people have either been three drops, one drop, or a million drops. It was a lot and, of high drops of this tournament. Well, f- yeah, and funnily enough, actually, I'm not seeing a lot of battle regimen, at least in, in my local scene. So I thought I was pretty confident that a four drop would still give me most of the choices, if not all the choices, of who goes first in the in the first battle round. And I found that, actually, even at four drops. I don't think anyone out-dropped me. I think it was always in my control.
1: Yeah, I believe that.
0: So, yeah, so I've got, like, you know, I've got the Encantor. I thought I wanted something. And one of the reasons I had the Encantor was um, I've been burnt one too many times against Skaven. I played Skaven, like, five, six times, um, since the book has dropped and like five out of six of those lists have had thankwell and thankwell with a nahole um and next to Arcane terrain which has happened to me a couple of times, is plus five on the cast. So when he gets that boat on plus five to cast, there's nothing I can do. Yeah I wasn't worried about purple sun. there was just some of those things like um, Umbra spell portal, like um, like the the boat that I just wanted to say no and if purple sun was really going to be a problem i could say no so um that was kind of the the theory behind it the Imperitant gave me the seven inch charge for the annihilators which spoiler alert disappointed me so often we'll go through that game um i think anyone who was around me at times like after a round would just hear my whinging i'm just like fucking annihilators bloody annihilators they just failed so often I think they failed four out of five times. So Annihilators, for anyone who doesn't know, um, has a seven-inch re-rollable charge. And I think I failed them every time except the last battle round. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. <laughs> That's most failures. That's the list. That's the list. Um, and oh, I went with Holy Command um, Call for Aid so um, one of my Vanquishers or Liberators could come back to life. So yeah so who, who, were using, who
1: were you using who were using the imperitant to drop in as well because you i know you obviously the annihilators but we're you using it because I'm, I'm always really interested in the idea of using something like vanquishers where they're cheap and using them to steal objectives with the seven inch because no one ever you tell people to start seven inches they maybe do it for the annihilators but they never remember for anything else
0: and Holy Command as well. So there's been some practice games, for example, against Austin where um, I want to score an early battle tactic and I want to kill something. I can drop them early in turn one, run into a screen, um, go for that seven-inch charge with the Vanquishers because they are Thunderstrike. The Liberators can't do that. Um, and if they die, that's okay. I will use the Holy Command, bring them back to life. Um, it, was, it, was a, it was a card up my sleeve, but not necessarily one that I would use. It wasn't a strategy. Um, like I, I was gonna do it all the time. It was just something I had up my sleeve. Yeah. I, I love <laughs> Cold I, I um... there you go. There's 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 Blake reinforcing every yeah, time I check in your game. That, that check that, yeah. I was yeah, so like against Blake, I um I had a five inch re-rollable charge with my dragon. I rolled double one twice, twice, I rolled double one, I re-rolled it because the dragons once per game can re-roll, roll the double one again. <laughs> I think in Discord, I said to people, I'm like, I'm throwing Stormcasts in the bin. I'm sick of them. I hate Stormcasts so much, but um, they're a lot of fun. Mm. That's good, I that mean. <laughs> do, do you want to get to your game? Do you want to get to the games? Yeah, let's, have, let's look at the games. Otherwise, it's just going to be a massive winch. But look, it was a great yeah. tournament. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I had some wonderful games as well. I. Um, all, all five of my games were fun, um, and we're going to kind of go through them, and we'll show you the lists of, of our opponents and give a bit of a recap of what happened. So uh, first off, this was your first opponent. You went up against James Kennedy, which was a Nighthaunt Scarlet Doom list.
1: Yes, so a big, big Nagash and a lot of Blade Geists. Um, this was an interesting game. Um, James was a lovely, lovely young man. Um, he, I think he's the, I think they said he was the newest inductee of Crutch Hammer, um, at the end of the
0: tournament, which is, which would be good for him. Um, can I just say James has just- massive grapefruits to run Nagash in Horde where Nagash doesn't have a ward. Um, I, yeah. it just, it grinds my gears that the Lord of Death has no deathless save. So, um, I, I, again, James, you got big grapefruits for putting in half, half your army points into one model with no ward.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, and I think, I think James is quite new, um, which I probably showed in our game, unfortunately, because he took first, dropped all of his stuff in my back line, and, and, and as you always do when you try that, failed every single charge, um, and unfortunately left Nagash wide open, which meant I took him out first turn um and when you've got a model that's half of your army and you lose him in the very first round that's um it was it was very much that game was very much one one round of play and probably just three rounds of me kind of mopping up points um but he was a he was a lovely opponent um and it was i guess for me it was a nice it was nice to get a win on the board really early um getting over to the eastern states because i wanted to do well and you know didn't want to go like two three or something
0: could you tell what James was trying to do? So uh, I think James is in the chat, by the way. G'day, James. Um, saying he's the king of fail- of turning turn mm-hmm. one failure, failing mm-hmm. charges. Yeah. Uh, I imagine what Nagash wanted to do, what? A lot of uh, arcane bolts, multicast arcade bolt, go in, just do a whole bunch of damage. Um, yeah, yeah, it was very much a... I think he took the the chance
1: to just... Why well, is my wife in chat. What are you doing? You're supposed to be working still. Um you know, I, I, there, was, there was that dedicated effort to just strike straight away and just and really just blow me off the board. Um, and you know, you're running stormcast as well. Blade, blade Geists in Scarlet Doom are scary because there's a lot of mortal wounds, and even if, with a six-up ward save, it's not great. And actually, we're playing um, Prize of Galay, which just there are no objectives on the board at the start, so you don't get you don't get a ward until the very end of the game when it's far less useful. Um, so it was it wasn't the wrong idea necessarily. Um it just he failed a lot of charges, I got Nagash, and then he d- he got the next turn and finally got his blade guys into my Fulminators and then rolled basically no mortal wounds and basically no hits. So I think I lost I think I lost something like four wounds off a fulminator and then the fulminators killed half the unit just standing still. Just just one of those games. Just, you know, like rough rough you you have a you have a plan and then sometimes the dice just say no to your plan
0: yeah yes i'm that that has definitely been the highlight of my month that has definitely mm. been the highlight of my month but it looks like a fun game unfortunately you didn't have many yeah. photos so i can't show them but you're currently one nil you've taken on james defeated nil. james yeah. um good good work there Uh, My first game was against Skaven. So I'm now at like seven games with Skaven since the book has dropped like yesterday. Um, But this was a really interesting one. I got to play um, three Warp Lightning Cannons. And you will see the madness that is what? Like six Rattling Guns? Eight Rattling Guns? Something like one, two, three, four. Like eight Rattling Guns. Absolute insanity. Um, So basically, as I got to the table and Jared said... um, this is this is gonna this is gonna end quickly. Um, either you're gonna die really quickly or I'm gonna die really quickly. Who knows what's gonna happen. Uh, and spoiler it actually went through to game five um, around five. Um, it was a really tight game. Um, he did a whole bunch of shooting. yes, um as as the chat said, a lot of daka daka those. Um, And for anyone who hasn't experienced the Warp Lightning Cannon, this is something of a roller coaster. So basically, you roll a dice, and that is your power dice. So if you roll a 2, you then get to roll 6 dice, and anything that is 2 or more would do a mortal wound. So if you roll a 5, you're going to do a whole lot less mortal wounds. If you roll a 1, then it's a guaranteed 6 mortal wounds from each warp lightning cannon and there's some shenanigans there with the eng- the warlock engineer and the um the arch warlock and things like that with like more 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 war power but it was basically um all of the scryer uh, i would get mortal wound me off the board and to your point both of us are hammers of sigma and hammers of sigma gives us a six up ward if we're uh within 12 inches of the objective and in turn one there's really like this one objective on the table, and as and the prize of Galette once every battle round, uh, another objective kind of comes up on the board. So, um, as he's mortal wounding me off the board, um, I, I have no ward safe. So, um, he was kind of winning the momentum early on, and he was just mortal wounding, mortal wounding, mortal wounding. Um, the highlight for me, ironically enough, was, um, he's in the chat too. So he's going to have a laugh. He's going to laugh at himself again. Um, so my prime comes down, my prime comes down. I think it was turn three and you know, like, like Jaron was kind of winning in the first couple of rounds and kind of, it was, you know, end of round two, we're on seven each come to round three. We're at 10 each. So it's been quite a tight game. Things are dying here and there, but my prime comes down and, um, and I think, I think that was at the start of turn three and then, or may, it was either the bottom of turn three and whatever it was. Um, he had one lone rattling gun there, 65 point idiot. And he overcharges all of them. So he gets to roll an extra dice. So you roll 4d6 and that's the amount of attacks you do. And I think if you um, overcharge it, it does two damage a piece. And um, if you roll double, uh, it just dies at the end after it's done its shots. So the prime comes down, gets shot off by a rattling gun. It has one wound taken so far. So seven wounds left, three up armor save, four up ward. Seven, seven damage goes through. I fail all of my saves, which turns into 14 ward saves. I failed every every ward save. So the prime dies to a 60 point, 65 point idiot. Um yeah, yeah. There's, there's stuff with, like, the Warpstone Spark and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the, the point was my stupid idiot um, Prime died very quickly. But but the, the god saved me because um, his Warp Lightning cannons, I'm killing them. I'm, like, you know, killing the, the ones at the top. There's one left. It's shooting my dragons off. I've got a dragon on one wound left. And twice I've tried to rally it and I've failed. He's got one wound left. If I'm going to win this game, I've got to go in and go kill this... Um, this last Warp Lightning Cannon that's kind of like holding the board. And I know that if I charge it, it's going to unleash hell and it's going to do one mortal wound. So I rally. I rally a dragon. So now that I've got nine wounds up my sleeve, I go in and um, that swung the game in my way. So um, absolutely balls to the wall, cracking game, so much fun. It's exactly what you expect with Skaven. Um, It was just insanity yeah
1: it's a hard list for this is i actually played a four warp lightning cannon list in our team's tournament a couple of weeks back and this is a nightmare for stormcast because we're so elite and the amount of mortal wounds it puts through is just if it if it it works there is no answer
0: well i think i think twice i think twice he rolled a one on his strength level so it's just like six mortal wounds it's just boom you're gone
1: yeah. So and it's that's that's a that's a fulminator, that's two annihilators, two of the three annihilators. It's yeah.
0: Almost a dragon. But yep, yeah, so I, I I won that one. Uh, I think it was 23 to 16. I'm looking at my sheet. So it was a closer game than we, we both thought it was going to be, but it was a lot of fun. So we are uh, both won a piece. Uh oh. Game oh. two against one of my Discord moderators. It's uh Jonathan Byrne.
1: Yeah. This was a this was a A quite a tight game. Um, um, I know Jonathan's in there somewhere. Um, He was calling me out earlier. Um, This, yeah, this one's a tight game. This is the one, this is the game that's, um, you know, like every tournament there's that one game that you're going to lose sleep over. This is the one for me. Uh,
0: And Uh, you played, and we also played the Nidus Paths. That's the one where you can teleport from the corners of um, of the field.
1: Yeah, which is not a... Battle plan. I play regularly. Um, I played it for the first time about a week before we left, just to try it, um, and it was interesting. It did come in handy, um, but ultimately not enough because I dropped this one. Um, I think the big the big thing with this one, and and Jonathan will, will agree, there was two probably key moments to this one. I started the game with my fast riders. They're ninety points. I usually just use them as chaff unless there's something I really want to teleport to. I looked at this one and how few bodies there are in Gargans and went, "These guys are important. They can steal objectives for the rest of the game." These are this is maybe my most important unit. And then the minute I moved them, completely forgot that, put them right next to a Gargan and lost them. Um, and yeah, and then speaking with with um, John at the end of the game. We, rec- we worked out it. they prob- doing that probably cost me about 4 or 5 victory points because of the number of empty objectives just sitting around in the last 3 rounds um, it was a very bad move by myself uh, the other probably really big big moment in this was that I managed to roll a huge 11 inch charge, I needed 11 to get my fulminators into um, one of his gargans, I forget which one, might have been the gatebreaker actually, um but yeah, made a huge charge into one of the gargants with my Forminators. Um, unbelievable dice roll. And then they got one attack through. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> yeah, so that was that was almost it would almost be better off if they failed that. But it was it was a really, really tight game. It's a really, really interesting game. I found the Cron spine in in John's list an incredibly tough piece to play around. Um where gargants aren't, gargants aren't a list I necessarily want to run into, but they're not one that I don't feel like I can beat either. Forminators will usually, usually, ignoring what just I uh, just said happened to me, uh, will usually take a gargant out in, in one combat phase. Um, but the cronspine really throws a spanner in the works because there's something now that exists that I can't get rid of in one go. I've got enough shooting to stop it, but I don't really want to put all my shooting into something that's not going to die when I'm trying to whittle down the Gargants as fast as possible.
0: And I'd be dying to ask you, how did you handle the Cron Spine? Because um, I've got the Judicators with the Crossbow, so I can, at range, I can shoot him off pretty easily from either Mm -hmm. a shooting attack, and then if it charges me, I can unleash Hell, and I'll kill that Cron Spine. I've got no concern at all. But you don't have nearly as much volume and you're a lot more melee. So how did you find the cron spine? What did you do? If you had just time again, how would you handle it if it didn't go the way that you wanted it to? Um, I ignored the cron spine.
1: Um, I've actually got more shooting than you'd think. Um, you'd probably find that output-wise, I output the same in shooting as you do. Um and partly, partly as well because I've got the raptors that shoot twice in a turn at some point, which is Usually a pretty nice boost of damage during a game. Um, but I just didn't feel like I could sink damage where, you know, Gargants are very much almost like a, a race. You're trying to get as much damage as quickly as possible so you can free the board up for yourself. Um, maybe maybe not as much as the last edition where they were also usually going four points ahead of you immediately. But certainly there is some somewhat of a race to try and get them down as fast as possible. So I felt like the cron- just ignoring the Cron Spine was... My best choice hard to say whether that was necessarily the best option in the end um but where i want to see if we can work out if he's in the picture Mm, i don't think that's right but he ended up coming onto my objective in the corner and this is where the is. paths were really interesting i teleported my raptors and my lord relicta out of there so his cron ended up just kind of stuck in no not stuck but you know in no man's land for a turn because I got my, I, I basically used the Knight's path to disappear over to the other side and steal his, steal his objective on the other end of the board. So, yeah, but I, I really like the Kron Spine and Gargans. I think it's a really nice little, um, nice little combo.
0: Yeah, I, I run a double gatebreaker with a Kron Spine and a um a kraken eater so i actually run 3 megas and Crumb Spine. so i like how jonathan had two man crushes especially no three man crushes in bounty hunters as well and um it has like what, 10 attacks with the with the club the headbutt um it can do a lot of damage the the thing that you should learn from megas uh, is that it's actually, they don't do the damage it's the man crushes that do the damage so a uh, good combination there with the uh, with the bounty hunters yeah definitely so you lost this game I dropped
1: this one. It was, right? Yeah, it was it was close, but they ended up being I ended up just really not being able to score much in the last round and that yeah. By that point I was I think maybe a point behind and then one point in the last round or two points in the last round and no grand strat. And it was my grand strat was to kill all of his battle line, which is a tough ask first Garkins.
0: Yeah, it can be. It absolutely can be. So you're 1-1. I went up against Sylvaneth. And uh, it's funny, actually, because the week prior, I was at a local one-day tournament, my RTT at the Dice Arcade. And um, there was a lovely, lovely lady there um, who was running Sylvaneth. And I haven't actually played uh, the new Sylvaneth book. No one really plays it, at least around me. So I grudged her. I said, I want to see what this does. You know, I want to see Strike and Fade. I want to see the Revenants. I want to see what Kernoth Hunters do. Give me... Give me the works. And um, it was a great game with Ali uh, when I played at the RTT. And that experience actually really helped me against Tim. So Tim was running Sylvaneth, um, Heartwood, um, to a lot of Kernoth hunters, and probably not as many Revenant seekers that I would have expected. I, most people, like I've spoken to like Larry Huggard Wild, I've spoken to a lot of people, and you know. Six, six seekers, nine seekers seems to be the number. Um, and what was really interesting as well is he'd run the Kernoth hunters with bows. Certainly not what I was expecting. You know, I see saws, I see scythes, but the bows. And I'll be honest, I was not impressed with the bows. Like their output, from what Tim tells me, he uses the Kernoth hunters with bows. To clean up whatever the war song can't kill with the mortal wounds that it does through its um, signature war scroll spell, but for the five hundred odd points that you're spending with the Kernoth hunters with great bows, I just it didn't do a lot of damage. It didn't kind of do a lot against me. Um, Tim Tim actually had one drop, so um, and and probably to his um, his detriment, he tried to get into me turn one, so he put his Kernoth hunters with scythes and his revenants, and the um, Arch Rev, they all went at me turn one, and they all failed the charge. Um, He failed to have his spite Swarm Hive in range for the Kernoth Hunters, so they weren't able to get the plus three to their charge. And um, he was just standing out there in the middle of the board So I charged the chariot. I did the annihilators. I dropped the dragons in for the charge. Um, He used his tree revs to kind of start sneaking around my objectives to start um, scoring early. My vanquishers went in there with its double damage against bounty hunters. And um, I think I won turn two as well. I think I won the top of the turn two. So I got a double turn between one and two. And then my damage was just kind of, kind of went through and, um, and lifting like a thousand points of his army really quickly, really kind of only meant he had like the Kernoth Hunters, the War Song, and like, oh, I, I killed the Seekers in turn one too. I just, I kind of I killed them with the Chariots. I think the Chariot killed, charged in a little bit of cleanup with the Dragons. But yeah, um, it's a bit too aggressive. And I think um, that kind of went against him. And um, I it ended 28 to 17. Um I don't think he scored his last battle tactic just because he just lost too much bodies in the in the early game.
1: Yeah. We, we actually have a lot of Sylvaneth players in, in WA, surprisingly. Um, I can think of maybe four or five off the top of my head. Um, don't know why we love the tree so much over here, but we do. Um, I find Sylvaneth to be a real risky matchup for Stormcast. Um, those scythes will cut through everything we have. Um, and Strike and Fade means that we don't even have that kind of counter punch that we usually do. Um, but, like you said, they can. I guess the biggest issue with silveth is they do, maybe even worse than Stormcast, they just don't have a lot of bodies. So... Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think the, the, the interesting thing for me with this particular matchup was that you had three layers of movement shenanigans. You had the trees, um, whether they jumping in and out of trees through strike and fade, or just walking the spirit paths from the overgrown and the wild woods. You then had the, the teleport shenanigans from the, the, um, the tree revenants and you then had the, the, the movement shenanigans from the battle plan. So, and as you know, once you come down from Stormcast with Signs of the Storm, once you're down, you're down. So it was about keeping my movement model. So my chariot, my dragons, my prime, um, and trying to be smart, protecting objectives, um, and not being outmaneuvered. I think that was kind of the key to me. Um, and losing some of those key um melee threats um meant that it was just like the bow, the bows and like the war songs weren't getting into combat. So um, I think yeah. if we had his time again, the melee threats would still be around, and that would be a real pain in the butt for me.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's it's. I, I find against Sylvaneth, they really test how well you screen and how well you move your models up the board. Um, if you prevent them from getting in, you can, once you've reached them, it's almost game over with them just because they don't, they just don't have the bodies. Um, but I will say as well, I met Tim there. We went and had lunch on the first day. Lovely guy. Was driving up like an hour and fifteen every day to get there from I don't I don't know where some somewhere in the in the middle of the mountains, but yeah, yeah. great back.
0: What one of his mates, in one of my club, one of his club mates is a, a mate of mine, Damien, and I sent him a message. I said, "Look who I'm playing." He's like, "Smash him for me." Um, so I'll, I'll blame this loss, Tim's loss for for Demo. So yeah, uh, I'm perfect. currently two one. You're one one. Um, and we go into the third game of day one and you get to play one of my mates, mm-hmm. uh, the, wa- the, the watermelon man himself, Austin, with his Big Wah.
1: Yes. So um, I actually met Austin on Friday night because you invited uh, me and my friends out for dinner, which was really lovely, um, and got to meet the man himself. Um, and then, yeah, we got matched up in the last game of the day and it was an intimidating game because I'd watched him eat a quarter of a watermelon over lunch. Um, and that's, that's a lot of energy that I don't have. Um, but this, this was shaping to be a really, really good game. Um, my, my takeaway from this is that Austin's a very, very good player. Um, he strikes me as someone who really understands the game. Uh, and it was a very cagey start to this game. Um, I was being very careful to stay out of his ranges, just using my shooting to pick off what I could of his. Um, I was, I, I've only ever played Big well once before, and that game was a disaster because the, uh, Wurgog Prophet basically destroyed half my army in one go. Um, so I was being very careful to stay away from that Wurgog. Uh, it was, it was very back and forth. and basically got to end of two where I'd taken an opportunity to open up the side of his flanks, put my fulminators in, wiped all oh, the whole half side of his board, basically left all his heroes exposed. And then lost the role and the workog removed a unit of fulminators um so unfortunately the game e- ended up being a bit of a stinker for me because the worgog ended up removing six fulminators the lord Relictor, something else maybe i can't remember some some disgusting number of points um i had i just i clearly don't have any luck versus workogs. i we got to round four he, did, he rolled a four for the damage on the Wargog, and that's that, after two games of Wargog, is the first time I found out he's doing D6 damage to himself. I always thought it was D3 because of how little damage I've ever seen a Wargog do to itself.
0: He rolls a one. He roll, So I played Austin the week every prior. Time. I played Austin the week prior, and the week prior, Austin, with his Wargog prophet, killed two dragons, a prime, 10 of the 12 wounds off my chariot, and maybe the three annihilators. He rolled sixes on his priority every single time. He mm. would do um, a whole bunch of wounds to me, and when he rolled the one, he'd always roll one one uh, mortal wound, and his um his tattoo um g- gives it a four up ward, and he just shrug it off. Um, and what what really hurts you, and and one thing I love about Austin's list is the combination with the bolt boys. So yes. he always has the bolt boys, the shaman, and the war gog together. So the bolt boys are shooting off with mortal wounds, and two games prior. Uh, Austin did 22 mortal wounds from one round of shooting from those bolt boys. He spiked, just rolled fives and sixes, except for one, one didn't hit, but, um, but you got to get in range to get to the bolt boys, unless you've got long range threats. And in my list, I don't have that damage. Um, The other cool piece I love about Austin's list is the mega boss there with the destroyer. Um, And he's such a great trade piece because he fights on death. So if yeah. you ignore him and he just runs you up like a suicide missile, he just goes in and carves and um and once he gets into combat even if he dies, he just fights on death and he does a whole bunch of damage and there's still two units of pigs to come. Yeah, that was that was um I think if the uh, if the Wurgog hadn't kind
1: of ended the game where it did, that was the probably the biggest threat and the, and the thing that really caught me the most off guard is that he was very, very cagey, really screening out, making sure that I couldn't... I always usually keep one Fulminators in the sky and one on the ground so that I've got the best of both worlds, essentially. Um, and he's really screening me out so I couldn't bring anything down to hit him like that. And I, was, with how cagey is being, it was a real shock to have that uh, mega boss just suddenly go screaming down the middle of the board straight through my lines. I think I ended up rolling like a 10-inch charge on him as well, which meant he was just... Right in the middle, and that that ended up being a huge issue for me as well because he killed the fast riders and a bunch of Judicators and yeah, really just blew open the middle of my um, middle of middle of my game, and really is the reason that I was relying on a double turn for those fulminators rather than maybe being able to wait it out a little bit longer.
0: Yeah, I've been in that situation many times where I've tried to get in to kill those um, those bolt boys he rolls nothing but sixes on that priority roll and it's just stair range. And you know, I just got to hope to the the dice gods, but um uh, I'm being told from um, some of the people, some other people that uh Austin's shaman has killed a whole bunch of like vermin lords. And it's just like, uh, he's yeah. an absolute beast. But I mean, so you, sorry, go on. I was just gonna say, I think from, from this, we really should just
1: ask everyone to email GW and ask them to put the work up to 250 points.
0: And at worst, just put Austin's up to 250 points because he clearly shouldn't be allowed to have it it's uh it's it, look it's it's 14 drops he doesn't care about the drop wars uh, and there's a lot of great threats there too um i know he's thinking about dropping the uh the iron skull boys for i can't remember what he's thinking about dropping it for but um uh but it's a great list it's a great list and it's great to see big wire and i've had a couple of discussions on 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 the channel before big wire is a great list tech um type of faction and you can really do some cool stuff so and i know he's got like a more crush of these thinking about my game three was um so you're currently one win two losses yes yep one and two So I I come up against my teammate, Jared Baker, who is – so we're going up to a team's tournament in November. Uh, Jared is in my team along with Joel and um, Pete from uh, the Plastic Crack blog. And um, first time we played against each other and he brought his daughter cane with the, the snake spam boy oh boy does this hurt and um i'll be honest with you i'm a little bit tired of this game three and i won the priority roll well, I, I won the drop in turn one and i went you know what i want to kill some stuff i want a quick game so i dropped my annihilators in turn one and i just went into that screen uh dumb move dumb move uh but i, I was at that point where i just wanted the game to to be ending to be honest um it was a really tight game it ended 16 15 um, I actually won the battle tactics. Uh, it's just that I failed my grand strategy and he didn't. So, um, it was, it was 15 battle tactics to me, 13 to him, but with him scoring his three for the grand strategy, it turned to 16, 15. It was a tight as nail game, um, as i mentioned i failed that dragon five inch charge he did some shenanigans with me with crystal touch which um which he touched me and i should probably report into the police where um my prime and one of my dragons um were in combat with a unit of 10 snakes um and uh he fought all of his attacks against the prime and i think he might have killed the prime and then he uses crystal touch into the dragons and he did 10 mortal wounds into my last dragon despite the dragon not getting the attack. And I really don't like that, but uh it yeah. is a legal, legal shenanigans.
1: That used to be the Eva touch, so they, they've stolen it from yeah. us.
0: Yeah. I just don't like the fact that he, he fought the prime, but then he could do damage to a completely different unit. It's like, it reminds me a lot of like, um uh, like Fire Slayers where you do like the splashback mortals, and you can do damage, but it goes into the unit you're fighting. But yeah. Uh, dragon died um that combat kind of collapsed um i killed his um his uh slaughter queen on cauldron pretty quickly that was a big priority of mine i wanted to pull that down as quick as possible to stop him rallying those snakes on a four plus because they're the damage threats and i needed to stop them from coming back um especially before the heart of fury went up um so i i, I basically kill I, I killed it i think by turn two um but then the snakes just kept going and i think he, he might have got the priority between 2 and 3 um it was tough and nails and nails look uh, i was pretty happy despite being a bit of a potato early on i think if i had my time again i would have charged the vanquishers as opposed to the annihilators i got a little bit cocky with i thought what i should have done is, is i should have measured to see if my annihilator um, mortal wounds on the charge or on the, on, sorry, on the, on the drop would have actually tapped the, um, the, the cauldron and it didn't, it was actually just out of range and I should have measured, uh, in advance but I didn't. And, um, and it kind of meant that I didn't kill what I really wanted to kill and what and it was a poor trade. It was a poor yeah. trade. So, um, it was a great back and forth game. Um, despite it, I was really happy to score five out of five of my battle tactics. So despite the loss, oh, no, 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 sorry, I scored four out of my five. I failed one of them. I failed head-to-head. but um, And I think that's the, that's the only battle tactic I failed um, the whole tournament. I scored 24 out of 25 battle tactics, um, which I was really happy with, considering Ooh. this is my first day Yeah, that's very good. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was a great game. Um, and um, it was nice to see Daughters of Kane because I think a lot of my experience recently has been against my mate Liam. Um, and he definitely runs his snakes a little bit differently. It was kind of great to see, um, just how bad they are. They are, they're mean. How were the heart renders? Because you know, obviously, they're usually there to score the Daughters of Kane battle tactics, but now they're not there. Oh, uh, in this particular tournament, um, uh, because we were only doing the battle tactics, um, Look, I think they contributed to things like desecrate their lands, and they, they obviously screened out um, as well, but like they weren't really a threat. Like they did a couple of chip damage at best, but you know, Stormcasts have pretty high, high armor saves. Um, so they actually didn't do a lot. Um, it was very much the snakes. Um, the Gur Battle Mage was a nice touch as well to kind of get the plus two to run and charge. Um, you know, especially because like Witch for example, can run and charge. So, if you put the Gur Battle Mage spill on them, um they can go really far, incredibly fast. Place. Yeah. So I lost that one, as I mentioned, 16 15. Um, so I'm currently two wins, one loss. Um good game. And there was no Marathi as well, which I think was fascinating too, because he's just got more more points in the snakes. Yeah. I think we're seeing more more
1: cauldrons coming into the, the meta though.
0: Yeah, I I agree. Like, I think um, I think there's definitely you don't have to take Marathi if you are a daughter's of cane play. Yes, you don't get to do the double fight or the double shoot. Um, and he did have a unit of ten bow snakes, but um, what you lose from from not having Marathi, you gain so much by having a second unit of ten um combat snakes. So, um, yeah, really good. Game four, you're up against Liam Robertson with uh, in the silk sk- steel nests which yes. is uh what's, what's that one again that's the that's
1: um... the, the eight so four on each area and then you can burn them in you're to take a bravery test for mortal wounds that's when right. you do so um so this was my chance to avenge my loss to gargans um against liam who was really lovely um his army is incredibly well painted um it was my pick for, for for best army it was just such a nicely painted um just each gargan just had so much attention to detail which having painted one gargan i think is impressive because i painted the skin nice to my gargan and then completely lost patience to do anything else on it um so the fact that he's gone all the way through and he's even edge highlighted all the little bits of like leather on the you know like the the, the the lizard skin or the dinosaur skin that's like on one of the cuffs he's like oh just Ridiculous. Who has that time? Um yeah, this was a this was an interesting game. I had I had a real pattern through this tournament, um, which is that I started every day really well. Um, and then everything went south immediately. But um I I probably I think I left day one going, okay. I didn't get all the luck I wanted there, maybe didn't get the matchups I wanted. That's fine. We'll come into tomorrow and it's gotta turn around. And boy did it for Paul against Paul Liam. Um, the story of this is his he failed to kill a unit of Aether Wings with his War Stomper. Charged his Gatebreaker into my Lord of did two damage total. And charged his Kraken Eater into the into the Vanguard Raptors and did five damage and left them alive. Um and that. I mean, that's that's that you could tell where the game went from there. Um i did i learned from yesterday so the fast riders were absolutely invaluable in this one they just spent the entire game bouncing objective to objective the whole way through scoring points um and just i ended up burning um all four of his back objectives um for 20-0 um it was it was a game that i i think I, i probably was in a good spot for anyway um but yeah that was some some of the worst dice i've i've Seen in a while, like I, I, I whiffed, I whiffed badly on my former in when they attacked the day before. He whiffed with all three, 1500 points worth of absolute nothing. Is that your
0: game? Is that it? That was it. That was it. Just... well, well, I did that. <laughs> Did, did that trend happen to me at the exact same time? So I played yeah. your mate, Alex. There boy, is. oh boy, did my dice betray me. Is this the biggest betrayal I have had? So I played against Alex's Nurgle. Um, really cool, by the way, his Great Unclean one was converted or kitbashed from the old, old one. There was quite – if anyone's looked mm-hmm. seen at the old Warhammer, like the Great Unclean one is like literally – that big it's so small but he, he built it up and with the base and it was really cool to it wonderfully painted army by the way gentleman uh, and a scholar alex uh, such a such a nice person but um he was not nice to me on the table um <laughs> the, the game started um with his nurgling he, he got he took first I, I gave away first i'm like look they're, they're not that fast i can kind of give it away i'm feeling quite comfortable Um, He had some Nurglings pop up uh, quite early on. They've got to come out of terrain um, in my side of the board in turn one. Um, He he went on to continually win every priority roll and um, every one of my charges basically failed. And I think if you look at my sheet, you'll see it says, can't catch a fucking break because every dice roll that I could, I could possibly try to do the annihilators failed. the dice god blessed Alex because he started with his wheel on a four, um, which is the magic number, right? So it started off mm-hmm. with something like um I couldn't I didn't get a heroic action in turn one. Turn two, I couldn't pile in. Turn three, and like it was just like because he got his What's play, on? his um yeah. yeah, he got like his black, like, his um his flies into me in turn two, which means I couldn't pile in. So he tagged and like it was such a the momentum. It was a really good game, don't get me wrong, but I found that the momentum was never on my side and everything that I tried to do, I could never swing the momentum in my favour. Probably the highlight for me was probably in turn three, I was able to kill the great unclean one with like prime and dragons. But outside of that, um, it was just one of those games where Alex just kept, he kept the lead up and no matter what I did and what I tried, um, I, I couldn't. I couldn't get close. So in the end, it finished thirty to twenty-two, um, which is still not bad. It was my worst defeat. Um, uh, but it was. It was. It was one of those ones where if the annihilators did hit the charge, um, it could have changed the game a little bit. Um, if I'd won a priority roll other than turn five's priority roll, I think I could have swung some of the momentum. But it was just one of those games where the grind that Nurgle is known for, it got me. It got me good. But it was yeah. a great game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've I've played, as you'd imagine, doing a, a friend and a, and a club mate. I've, I've played this this list and his and his various Nurgle lists a lot of times. Um, and if Alex goes up on you in points, boy, you better hope you get every every dice roll you need at that point because it's he's he plays a very very tight game, um, and he just he won't give he won't give you free points. You've got to you've got to get him, and if you're also if you just it, it, a couple of bad dice rolls and it's just you may as well pack up because,
0: yeah, it's hard. He beat, he beat you with a smile and look, he played he a does. great game. Don't get me wrong, but the game plan really for me was um, because I knew his two flies were coming up the flank, um, I, and he had a, he had um, he had the great unclean one and the two blocks of plague bearers in expert conquerors. I knew that he had so many wounds coming at me. I needed to pull down a flank quickly. So I was hoping the dragons could pull down the two bl- um, Plague Drones, uh, the, the the Paschal Blight Lords. I thought the dragons could pull that down and they could swing in the middle of the board. Um, and I was hoping, like, on the other side, I could at least pull pull them down and then kind of concentrate in the middle. Unfortunately, that momentum swing didn't happen. So it meant that I was fighting in three spots that – I was never going to win that grind with the disease tokens, the summoning that happened through contagion. Um, The expert conqueror plague bearers, especially if he got that spell off to give them um, an extra wound, just made the plague bearers incredibly hard um, as well as like getting the trees on. It it was a great game. Don't get me wrong, but I needed some momentum and I just, I couldn't get it. I just couldn't get it. It was just one of those games.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I, I I
1: mean, I, I remember very clearly walking over to your table in the middle of this game after mine had ended abruptly. And I went, how's the game going? And you turned to me and I went, I'm never playing fulminators again. Annihilators <laughs> again. I was like... Annihilators,
0: they just keep uh, failing me. They just kept failing I, me.
1: And, and I don't think you got much solace out of me because I was just like, I told you at dinner that they're, they're rubbish and walked off.
0: Oh, So I'm 2-2 at this point. So two wins, two losses. Uh, you're 2-2. You're 2-2. So we're both 2-2. <laughs> The final game is you're up against a legend. I love this man, Shem. Um, Shem with his Skaven. And um, and uh, call uh, call that a little bit earlier in the chat. If you look in the top right-hand corner, you'll see your Forminators have a banner with your face on it, which I think is just wonderful. But you're up against Shem and his Skaven. Um, a little bit different to my Skaven. The Skaven I played against was all about the mortal wounds from especially like the... the um, the war machines, but what, what was going on here with this one? And what was, what was Shem like? So this is an interesting one. I felt very
1: confident going into this one. Um, This is a list that I would, I would give myself a real chance to win any, any day of the week. Um, Spoilers, I lost. (laughs) It's a lot of, it's a lot of um, Rad Ogres, which I think are fantastic. I really like Rado because I think they've got really great output. Um, there are a lot of there are a lot of wounds for the for the points. Um, even though there's only two two models, it's there there are a lot of wounds. I, I think they hit really hard. Um the a big story of this one, and, and Shem will back this up, is that my Formulators failed me again. Um I had a unit that basically got stuck. You can actually you can actually see. At the setup area where I've where you can see my hands, you can see my, my little my little tattoo on my hand there, where my four formidates are uh, piled into um the uh the escape into the deep strike and attacked me. My formidates ended up going behind that house, getting stuck there for about two turns, and then losing in combat to some clan rats and and a, and a, a rat ogre. Um, and that. The house the house was hundred percent the MVP of that game, um, and that was really that was not good because if they hadn't if they hadn't failed so badly, they would have held what was quite a large block of Shem's list up. Um, they also managed to battle shock themselves off on a six, the only the only number they could fail. Uh, it just if there was they, if there was anything they could fail, they failed it. They 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 rolled a four on a charge where I needed a six to get into his clan rats. They failed to kill the clan rats when they finally did get in combat. They got stuck behind a house and they battle shocked off of the six. It was maybe the worst I've ever seen a unit of formulators do, and that's including the day before when they failed the gargant But by
0: the way, Jon- Jonathan's saying, and it's actually funny because at the next tournament, I'm thinking of bringing in Forminators, So maybe mm-hmm. you need to hand me your formulator license. Yeah, I'll take them, them on. It. and I'll see what I can do with them.
1: Thankfully, thankfully, all my formulators are magnetized, so they can be Tempesters as well. Um, but. This was it. Was still a, it was a very close game. Um, we unfortunately had to calculate the last little bit and end up being a three point win to Shem. Um, but it's it, it could have it, it was one of those games that really could have gone either way if we managed to play it out. Um, especially as it's on um, close to the chest, so you've got the the alpha objectives scoring those extra points. Um, I think the highlight of this one was I managed to shoot his. Um, the hellpit abomination off to the wound, right off the board, and then shame immediately rolled a six to bring it back. So that was great. That was like I don't know, seven hundred points worth of shooting models or something that just came came straight back in. Um, but rolled a one on the wound, so they had one wound. So it forced me. I had to charge my castigators across across the board into the um, hellpit abomination to try and take that last wound. They failed in combat, but thankfully. Um, my suicide bomber tactics worked, and they managed to roll a, a single six on the way out and and take it off the board again. So I did have to give up a unit of castigators to get rid of something I'd already killed, but well worth it, I think. Um, but yeah, this was a this was a it was a fun game and a good way to end the end, end the tournament. And unfortunately, another close loss to me.
0: I um I've become a real fan of Slink's the uh, Skitter, Skitter Shank the Underworlds Warband between him and his Claw Pack um it's a great little combination um I'm interested. I'm surprised that Shem would do um Rat Ogres in units of two I thought he'd at least do a reinforced unit of Rat Ogres especially with the Master mm-hmm. Molder being able to spend that CP and on a is it three plus the whole unit comes back. Um, I guess units of two, you've got you've got three chances because you've got double master molder. But um, you know it's interesting. You've got, you got, a got free the way to bring it back as well. I think there was a free way to
1: bring more back. And I guess the idea is maybe if you got if you're rolling it more times, you're more likely to bring a few back rather than a unit of four. I guess if you fail, that's immediately you've just lost all four of them. Yeah, uh, yeah.
0: No, look. Yeah, it's, it's just.
1: It's a, yeah, I was going to say as well the. Um, Slink was very good, and that's probably the biggest issue I had as well because Shem handed me the war scroll because I was like, oh, I haven't seen his war scroll. He goes, oh, here's the war scroll. Read it. Completely missed that they have a six-inch deep strike. So I was com- I was perfectly zoned out for nine inches, and then suddenly he's like, he just starts putting them down, and I'm like, oh, they're a bit close. And he's like, what are you talking about? I told you they're six inches, and I'm just, oh, shit. Well, what do you do?
0: It happened to me, but at least then it allowed me to use in a different game, and not against Shem, but somebody else. I was able to use um this one's mine because he was able to get so close to my generals. So I'm like, right, now now my idiot general can go in and kill something. So um Shem's a great opponent, um, and it would have been an absolute ball of a game. Um, I know. So so you finished on two three. Two, so three. two wins, yeah. three losses. Um, and I come up against um a a list that – a very similar list. So I went up against Stephen, um, Ox King, and his Night Haunt. So, I've been, so I had a game against Stephen a couple of weeks ago, and it did not go well for me. Um, I charged my dragons in, and I failed a 3-inch rerollable charge. Uh, and my 700-point double dragon – like my, my 700 points of dragons just got charged with uh, Scarlet Doom. So for anyone who doesn't know, um, Night Nighthawk can retreat and charge. And then within Scarlet Doom, those blade Bladegeist Revenants can do Mortal Wounds on the charge on a 5-up. So you roll a dice for every model. So on average, you should do, what, 6 to 7 Mortal Wounds? And then you double turn me, rinse and repeat, um, and my thing's just got Mortal Wound off on the charge. So that happened in the last game. And I changed my list specifically for Steven because I'm like, right, last time I didn't have the tools to handle Nighthaunt because I was too... I was too heavily invested in rend. I had a unit. I had a reinforced unit of dragons, uh, and I just didn't have the damage to handle Nighthaunt. So I reworked the re- reworked the list. I would added the the judicates with crossbows. I had the annihilators to do some mortal wounds on the drop and and on the charge. The chariot. I don't think I had in the old list. So. I specifically was concerned about Nighthorn and it was ironic that I actually came up against Nighthorn in my very last game. And um, Stephen plays a great game. He's been playing Nighthorn for a while now um, and he's been playing a list very similar to this. I think he's made some minor tweaks here and there, but it's been fundamentally the same list. Um, I had won this game. um, So he, he castled up really early on and I, one of the things that I tried to do is try to pull this castle apart, because as you can see, the way that this list works is it's based around the Cruciator, who's backed up by the spirit host who can take the wounds for the Cruciator. Um, You can then bring back bodies um, through various abilities. Um, Reichnor can um, do some serious casting for that Purple Sun, and the Purple Sun really has no negatives against Nighthaunt. They don't care less about the Rend. And sure, you can kill, a, uh, on a roll of a one, you kill one idiot. whoop de doo He's got so much regeneration in his army, it doesn't matter. But um, he kind of went turn one, kind of started taking up the board, and and I started to kind of piecemeal and try to pull the army apart. So, you know, as some of the army went to, to the bottom, then went out, I kind of maneuvered my dragons and kind of started pulling together. Uh, and pulling certain units out and pull one of the concerns that I had was he's protecting his blade guys by his like his chain rasps and his dread harridans and, and was screening really well. And if I charge those, those idiots, then I've just made the blade guys charge really easy f- uh, for him. And then on a double, he could then again retreat and charge and and just do all those mortal wounds that I just can't handle. Um, but but uh, it didn't go that way. I was able to kind of pull him apart. And I mentioned game one, game one where the prime completely failed me. I mentioned this whole stream, the Annihilators have failed me. This was the game of redemption. The Annihilators made a 90, 11 inch charge. The prime, um, the the Blade guys went, I think it was two units. It was either one unit or two units. I think it was one unit of 20 went into the prime. Um, and between... All of the damage that went into the prime, I think he only took one. I rolled every ward save that could possibly be rolled. So, um, and, I, and and there was that was, I think I was up in like turn two or turn three and um, he had, I think, eye for an eye and he was trying to kill the prime for eye for the eye. But that ward save, um, he failed the battle tactic because of the ward save and then from there the momentum was on my side you know i had the dragons i had the annihilators the the vanquishers i had a whole bunch of things doing their thing and it kind of um it kind of broke away from from us so i um, i won that game 28 to 20 um like, you know, it was, it was a great game and it was a great redemption story for me because I was I was concerned about Nighthaunt and I was concerned about um about does this list now handle Scarlet Doom? And um the answer was yes. Um <laughs> it was good it was sorry, what does Blake say? I remember checking in on you before the game and I was shaking my boots. Yeah, I was having I was having scars, I was having flashbacks of, of Scarlet Doom because on the double, all of those. I think. I think Ox King. Last time I played him, he did like ten mortal wounds from the twenty blade guy. So like, there was some high spikes. Um, but this one, um, it just didn't go that way. So it was a great game. Uh, it was it was wonderful to have that redemption story that I needed, um, and it was good to see that the the thinking that I had in my list actually played out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I because
0: nighthorns not- here to stay. Nighthawts here to stay. And uh if you're not thinking about Nighthaunt, um you'll get rolled by them. Yeah, this won't be the only Nighthaunt. I mean, this is I know Scarlet Doom's the
1: the the uh the popular Nighthaunt list at the moment, but there's a lot of a lot of play through all of that book. Um and they are an interesting matchup for I sorry, my, my wife plays Nighthaunt. So this is Stormcast v Nighthaunt is the matchup for me. It's the one I play the most. Um, so it's probably the book I know the second best, purely from playing against it. Um and it's, it's a soul it, Yeah, it's basically. Um and it's um yeah, it's an interesting it's an interesting play. Did you manage to shoot that cruel
0: ghast out? Is that what you ended up doing? Uh I got him right at the end, but okay. um so you just the, took the moment. To well 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 y- well no because I, I a lot of the things that I was doing, I was doing uh, outside of combat. I avoided okay. combat yeah. and I was using shooting and, and the dragon breath to, to do the damage. The other thing that I was doing is I was trying to shoot at the Cruciator. Um, and he was bouncing his mortal wounds, obviously back to the, um, to the spirit hosts. Um, yeah. And you don't think at the ward. So I was hopefully getting the, the, the spirit hosts away. Um so that when i needed to get to the cruciator he had nobody to bounce w- wounds back to but um i tried to avoid terror as much as possible so um when i when i attacked i charged my dragon my prime the annihilators and the chariot all at the same time cool that was yeah. that was the thinking going in because if i went in piecemeal um if i went in piecemeal He'd then get his crusader minus one damage, and that's what I didn't want to do. So when I went into, let's say, the the ten chain rafts, I went in with the goal of killing him, so that the 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 wave of terror and the um the crusader stuff just wasn't in play.
1: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And the good thing for your list as well is that you had the Celeston Prime, who I think is really good against Nighthorn. Um, because they struggle a little bit against mortal wounds. And the fact that he just sits there and just bombs them all over the board and, and hits multiple units is huge.
0: Yeah. The Scepter, the Scepter was big because the Scepter, because he had his castle, right? He had the, um, he had the hex raids. He had, I think one spirit torment, the cruciator, um, maybe even one unit of the, the dread sides. They were all within that three inch bubble. So I was able to like point my Scepter, do the damage, then the annihilators wait. Annihilators wait. Uh, then the annihilators came down. They did their mortal wounds within ten inches. Then went into the charge. Did the mortal wounds. Chariot went in. Mortal wounds. So um, yeah, I I just did a concentrated wave at at one time. Yeah, I, I mean, stormcast has
1: so much mortal wound capacity in it. I think sometimes people don't realize just the sheer volume of mortal wounds you can you can pull out of a stormcast list. Um, can be pretty gross at times especially when we're all on three up saves and and you know
0: i don't have the the long strike so um i'm pulling mine from a different place but and and to be honest with you most of my games again you asked the tournament organizers my dragons most breath attacks i rolled a one or a two i i I, I rolled so little mortal wounds from my dragons but against ox king i rolled fives and sixes for days it was just every other game they did nothing so um this was my redemption story for, for yeah. my, the units that had underperformed through the tournament. But yeah. I won that game. I, I did five out of five battle tactics. Um, it finished 28-20, um, close game, but um, the damage was done kind of turn three to turn four. Um, and those key pieces, like his screens were gone, the Harridans were kind of on their way out. So sorry, the Blade guys were kind of on their way out. Um, so it was a bit tough i
1: right i'm gonna shout out to ox king as well because he we ended up going out to dinner with him on sunday night and he was a f- fantastic human very very funny
0: yeah, he great guy. He's one of my locals. Um really nice guy. Wonderful painted. And by the way, you can see in the bottom right hand corner, um, there is a couple of the photos that I took for people who set up their armies for for um best painted. You can see Austin in the top corner. Uh, Ox King with his night horn is down the bottom. Matt, you were talking about um the Mega Gargan army, and I believe, is that correct me if I'm wrong? The top left, the top left is um that wonderfully painted Megas. Yep, that's the yeah, that's the Gargans I played against. Very uh, I'm, very I'm well
1: told... major thing. So
0: But it was great. <laughs> oh, like you good. had some yes. had we had some wonderful looking um Nighthaunt, um Nighthaunt, you had, you had Lovely Skaven, we had some slaves to darkness that looked amazing, you had um OBR, there were some wonderful looking armies. Um I wish my army was ready for parade, but it was just barely scraping in for for battle re regi- battle ready. Sorry, battle ready is the, the term I'm looking for. But uh Oxing actually, I think he he won Best Painted, didn't he? Or was it the Slaves? Uh Best Painted was to um the Slaves to Darkness. Yes, yes, yeah. yep. So lovely. Um and then there's the final standing. So um Dalton with the bone splitters um came first. Um Terrence with his sons. This was really interesting, actually, because your um Jonathan Byrne, the, your second round opponent, um Ooh. played Terrence in round four. So it was Sons versus Sons on a battle plan with eight objectives and in terence's list he had cragnos and in um jonathan's list he had Cromspine. so it was just this absolute gargant versus gargant smash in the face um oh sorry by the way uh ox got uh coolest army and it was tied with keith so um very very cool yes I, i i thought he i thought he was a part of the the best painted kind of um section so Um, It was great to kind of see that kind of bash fest. Um, Sam, one of your boys uh, from Perth went third with uh, Lumineth, the 50 Sentinels, the dirty boy. Dirty boy. Love playing that
1: list. I'm not even joking. Dirty
0: dirty boy. Uh, Jacob Jacob Strachan with his um, Zench. Uh, Alex, my opponent, that Nurgle opponent, um, with his um, Nurgle. So interesting. Two of the top ten were coming from WA. Uh Tyson with Fangs of Sotek. Um, I came eighth with my Stormcast, Austin ninth, and then um shout out to Pat Nevin at the bottom too. Blades of Corn, but he was a mortal blades of corn. So, um, not the Boom with with Scarbrand and, and and all the Boom Boys. Um, it was purely Mortals. Um, so, so that's a that's big dick energy there. Yeah, and yeah you, can see the, good... you can see the town, like the little sleepy town at the at the top. Mm. Yeah, it's a
1: good it's a good top ten. It's nice to it's. I mean, you know, why play forty k when you have a top ten like that, where it's just so varied and so so interesting.
0: Well, I think what was, what was interesting as well was that outside of Nighthaunt, where there was four Nighthaunt lists at the uh, tournament, most other um, most other factions really only had one or two at most. Like there wasn't really, you know, any other blowout factions other than, as I mentioned, the Nighthaunt. Yeah, I think the 24 um, was
1: the whole tournament. So of the of the twenty four, was twenty factions, I think, which is which, which is wild spread
0: which makes it all, all the better with the of Paper Rock, right? Uh, I'm being told that 30 Reavers of Pat Nevins had killed six colonel. That's pretty good, those damn Reavers. <laughs> but um, like, what was your highlight of the tournament? Um, I mean, uh, the highlight
1: was really just how, how fun the whole thing was. Um, you know, I guess there's always that worry coming across to the other side of Australia or other side of any country. That you're going to turn up you'll play some games and you'll just kind of sit in the corner like a sort of sad weird loser and no one wants to talk to you um but no we you know you you messaged me on friday night we came out and and had dinner with you and and a couple of your mates and that it was nice to have some friendly faces the next day um but then there was you know i, I think it was great that that the guys then had drinks you know down at the the george hotel wherever it was um that night as well so there's a bunch of other people and then Sunday we went out with different people again so you know we I think we ended up having drinks and dinner with maybe half of the half the tournament crowd and it was just it's a blast and that's it's kind of what you want right like the game's the game is very good fun but it's it's very much a community thing it's a it's about it's about it's about enjoying life so that was you know that was really the highlight. Was just how how well received I guess we were over there, and how well we were looked after by, by the locals and the east East coasters.
0: It was it was a good mix, right? Because you had the locals from Bathurst and the surrounding areas. You had a bunch of people travelling from the north, so the Newcastle Central Coast, um, Maitland kind of crew. Then you also had you know you lot and the Sydney crew. So um, it's not like the tournament was run by only locals and everyone knew each other. It was a real good melting pot. And I think um, to to back up what you just said, um, and for anyone who has never been to a tournament, is thinking about going to a tournament, uh, maybe you don't know many people, uh, at least from my experience, um, people, we're all here for the same thing, and that is to play Warhammer. We all have something in common. If nothing more, I can say to the random person, how'd you go? And it was great because people were hanging around. Um, one cool thing that they did was they had like BYO, so you could bring your own alcohol, and people were just having drinks, and it was nice and sunny most of the time. So people were just on the balcony having a chit chat. It was very, very social, despite what it looks like a very small community center. Um, it was a very competitive, but also very social um, event. So um, if anyone's thinking about going to Bathurst or anything like that, I would highly recommend it. Um, it was, it was, Really good. I really enjoyed it. I'm glad I went. I glad I went.
1: Yeah, it was it was definitely the right kind of competitive for the most part. It was a lot of people who brought their filth, brought their cheese, um, and then just had a beer with you and a laugh, which is which is the way I, I, I prefer to play. I love I love competitive Warhammer, but I don't need to, you know, lose sleep over it. I just wanna I wanna play I wanna play hard and then party less hard because I'm in my thirties and I can't really party
0: that hard anymore. As Blake's saying in the chat as well, uh, Warhammer has made the most uh, has made me most of the best friends I have now. I have so many wonderful friends that I've met through Warhammer. Um, and people I've just met at a tournament that I've seen them again at a tournament or I've talked to them after the tournament. We've had more games after the tournament. Um, it's a wonderful snowball effect. But I guess maybe the, like maybe my last question kind of before we wrap things up is, what will you do differently going into your next event? So you've had this experience. Is your list going to change? Are you thinking about playing something new? Um, What's on the horizon for you, Matt? So horizon for me, we've got a one-dayer
1: here in Perth in two weeks' time. Um I'm going to be running my Seraphon for that. Um, more as, like, yeah, more as an excuse because I've got two, two of my wonderful dinosaurs in grey plastic and I really want to paint, I want an excuse to paint them up. So I'm going to roll them out and um, they'll probably carry me through a couple of games because, you know, you can you can be half asleep and still win a game with Seraphon. Um, but we actually have our Masters coming up fairly soon Um and I'll be running Stormcast for that. So there's going to be some big changes to my list. Um, a lot of stuff that didn't work, a lot of stuff that I think I previously decided was a bad idea that I had somehow in that time decided it was a really good idea and i've been reminded it was a bad idea you know as you do um maybe like running two lots of forminators even though i spent an entire year being like i'll never i'll never run two lots of forminators it's redundant um, but yeah i mean I- i'll make a few changes Thank, i guess in perth i don't have to worry about space limit as well so at worst come to worst i'll just stick a cron spine in there and that should take me to three two comfortably <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's interesting, actually, because one of the things that I had in my list was the Encantor. Um, and it maybe it's just my perception because a lot of the opponents that I've been playing in the last couple of months have had that. Like I said, the the Soul Scream Bridge, they've had um, Locking the Bolt, the Boat, they've had uh, Spell Portal, they've had some type of critical spell they've wanted to get off. And and to be honest with you, actually, when I played Ox with the um, with the Purple Sun, I actually didn't try to unbind it till very late. I let it go. I'm like. I'm going to let this go, and I think if you play around it, you can avoid a lot of the the damage output from from Purple Sun, and I was able to avoid it. So I'm like, do I really need a knight in Cantor? And um, part of me wants to bring in a Relictor. Part of me wants to bring in a unit of two Forminators. Um, but like as I reflect on my list, like if I drop the dragons, because I think the dragons are overcosted. I love the movement. I love the movement that the dragons bring. So um, I love my chariot. The annihilators. I'm I'm in a love-hate relationship right now, and I think I'm kind of like if I didn't win that last game and they didn't hit that 11-inch charge, then I probably would drop them completely. But since they 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 were so good to me in that last game, they're like that that ex-girlfriend that I just can't stop calling occasionally when I'm drunk. I'm like, I was going to delete the number from the phone, but I won't. And occasionally I'm going to look at that screen and go, I remember when those annihilators did 11, 11 inch charge. And they did all those mortal wounds on the charge and they just deleted everything. And I'm like, you're an attractive booty call at this time of night. So I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah but yeah
1: i i, I agree with the, I, especially the nighting candle thing i agree i played absolutely no magic all of last year all of last season i didn't i didn't bother there's no point our magic sucks um it literally is there to to stop stop the purple sun um so faq one week no more ones on no more ones to kill out of the list out the window don't care
0: i will Whatever say that mean, i'm a little bit I'm a little bit tempted to bring in the Everblaze Comet. That's one thing I'm interested in because, like, the Annihilators come in, do mortal wounds. Um, Prime comes down, mortal wounds. Um, the Comet, at that that simultaneous attack, and it drops and does all the mortal wounds at a 10-inch hour, I'm like, I'm half tempted. I'm also tempted to bring back Crondus or Karazai. So I've got I've got both of them that I'm like, maybe I'll just run them for lols. I'll, I'll see your Comet and say Night Vexilor. Does the does the same
1: thing, gives you reroll charges, and don't, don't don't even have to cast it.
0: No, but I but I've actually been thinking about it. so I was looking at um a, an American list and um they ran four of the Vexel or the banners so for the mm. for the, the teleport and charge and I'm like, ooh, maybe annihilators need that. But then I'm like, I've already I already hate annihilators. Why am I why am I buying them flowers? Nah, nah, don't do it.
1: Just just get the bomb. Matt secret then Fire Slayer. Maybe. Uh, any- i'm gonna be really short
0: no <laughs> so for anyone who doesn't know by the way uh we kind of, i feel like we're kind of wrapping up like it was a great tournament we can keep talking about it but i think kind of the the point's been made uh it was a great event it was my first two day with stormcast so it was great to kind of see how i went in the gamut um i'm also not really tied to a list because all, all of my eyes is at lvo so I'm, I'm going to lvo in january as i've mentioned many times already yeah. and because the General's Handbook is meant to drop in December and we know there's possibly an FAQ coming, or at least that, remember, like, we had the hunt and all that crap that came in the last middle of General's Handbook? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If if that comes soon and Purple Sun gets nerfed or Bounty Hunters becomes plus one to wound instead of plus one damage or something else comes out in the book, I I don't want to be too worried about a list because a list can change. So at the moment, I'm, like, exploring the faction so that when it comes to the next General's Handbook... And whatever meta and objectives and and battle pack stuff we've got, um, I've got enough experience with Forminators, Dragons, you know, Prime, Chariot, Liberators, to at least make a quick decision.
1: Yeah. I'll give you a tip then. Try 15 sequiturs. I am tempted to. They're good. They're just too expensive. But too expensive can change very quickly.
0: True, I am tempted to do the evocator bomb with Lachlan the Soul Seeker. I am, I am tempted. Uh, I know Torrell uh, Jonathan in the chat has been talking about doing evocators on kitty cats. I think you can do six of them maybe in the boat range. Like, uh, but I think, Ev- I think forminators are my next, next try and Krondas or Karazai. I'm actually, I wouldn't even mind trying to use Karazai. Yeah, or we'll do a star drake. Actually, I'll tell you what, I'm, I've, been, I've been playing around with. Um, Mm. uh, Aventus Aventus with with all the dragons. So, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah,
1: just try things. You never know what's going to go down in points in in about a week to three months' time.
0: See how we go. Matt, I want to give you a shout out. Um, Age of Something, great YouTube channel, two minute videos, very funny. What's the next one you're working on?
1: Uh, I've got two on the go, so maybe, maybe Gargant's, maybe Skaven.
0: I mean, Gargant's got a new book coming. Surely, yeah. surely... So yeah, that's be... I
1: mean, uh, yeah, a good point. I thought, actually, no, you know what? The Gargant video will be fine. I don't think I'm gonna have to change much.
0: All right, <laughs> it's mostly, it's mostly criticism levied at the people who play them. <laughs> I will say, though, you, you're right. Um, if, if plastic Valkyr um, comes in corn, I'm a corn player. Um, I am I, 100% a corn player the minute Valkyrie gets an updated sculpt. If she gets Bellacore and gets a wonderful, obviously not the size of Bellacore but uh, a lovely new sculpt like Bellacore, uh, I'm all in. I'm absolutely all in. I'm all in. All right, Matt, this has been awesome. Um, anyone you want to shout out, anything like you want to say before we can bring it home? i give...
1: am just shout out the entire WA scene for all being excellent and for cheering us on all weekend in chat. That was fantastic. Thanks so much, guys. And for all being in chat today as well.
0: Well, shout out to WA. Now that our uh, Uncle Mark has opened up the borders, um, Matt knows I work for a Perth-based company. So hopefully I get to come over pretty soon and I'll come play at Outpost and um, we'll hang out again. It's been a couple of years since I come over, but um, I'd love to see you all again. Especially, Sounds good. Um, got a great community. Yes, sounds good. All right. Well, let's go. Uh, Thanks everyone for joining in the chat. I hope you enjoyed this recap. If you did, let me know in the comment section because um, I will do another one. I was talking to Austin, um, the the big wire player. We've got one coming up at the start of October. We've got a little two day or so. Uh, I might get Austin to come on and we'll talk a bit about Moab, but if you enjoyed this and you uh, have maybe have some feedback for us on how we do a better stream when it comes to like a recap, uh, let us know in the comments. I'd be genuinely curious to hear from you uh, because I really enjoyed this. This was fun. All right. Thanks, Matt. Age of something. Peace out. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for hanging around until the end. I hope you enjoyed that video and you walked away with a few new ideas. If you did, I would love it if you press like on the video, as well as left me a comment to let me know what your thoughts are. The conversation will continue over on Discord, and the link is down below in the video description. I want to give a massive shout out as well to the AWS Coach Patreons and YouTube members who are going in and the funds of supporting the channel and the growth that you're seeing here. So cheers, you're all bloody legends. And until next time, don't roll a one on a redeploy.